turn to somebody in your home and say, I'm glad you came to church with me today. Come on, turn to somebody. If you're at home alone, go ahead and type it in the comments. I am so glad you are here today. Now, we are about to experience a life-changing study together. And if you will get your Bibles, I want you to go ahead and start turning to the book of Acts, chapter 2. While you're turning there, I want to tell you about a story I recently heard about a little guy who was playing outside in his yard one day. A man came down the street looking frustrated and said to the little boy, Son, I'm lost. Can you tell me how to get to the post office? And so the little boy said, Sure. You just go down to the stop sign and turn left and it's right around the corner. The man thanked him and said, by the way, I'm a new pastor in town. If you'll come to my church on Sunday, I'll tell you how to get to heaven. The little boy thought for a minute and then he said, no thanks. You didn't even know how to get to the post office. Now, my name is Pastor Alicia, and I know how to get to the post office. And I want to welcome you to Excel Church, and I want to assure you that over the next 30 days, I am going to also help you get to a place you've never been before. It's going to be a place that is higher in your spiritual walk, a place that will extend you and challenge you and a place that you're going to be able to experience God at a new level. So I'm excited about the challenge that we are undertaking together, a challenge to help us as a church reach our God-given potential. So today we're starting this adventure and we're calling it the 30-Day Church Challenge. Somebody say that with me. The 30-Day Church Challenge. Now, the dictionary defines a challenge as a call to take part in a contest or a competition. So for the next 30 days, you and I are entering a contest designed to deepen our relationship with God and each other. And we will discover what the church was really meant to be. We're going to do what the church once did in Acts chapter 2, to become the church God wants us to be and to experience spiritual life at a deeper level. So, number one, somebody say the power of a challenge. Come on, say that with me. The power of a challenge. Now, catch this. In 1930, a Scotsman named Kurt Hahn invented a wilderness learning experience that he called Outward Bound. Outward Bound. Has anyone ever heard of that before? I know you probably have heard of upward bound. Have you heard of outward bound?
white water rafting, dog sleds, rock climbing. Han believes that character development is as important as academic achievement. And he found that when people were put in challenging, adventurous situations, they gained confidence, redefined their perception of their personal capabilities. They demonstrated compassion for others. And they developed a spirit of camaraderie with their peers. In his leadership of Outward Bound, what Han discovered is something that will be applicable to what we are going to discover as a church as well. And the first thing I'm going to say is they discovered that personal growth accelerates in challenging situations. So put that down as your first point. If you're taking notes with us and then in the chat, you can put that down. Personal growth accelerates in challenging situations. And his wilderness challenges, they were so effective that over the past 80 years, thousands of people have given up weeks of their lives and paid significant amounts of money to climb mountains and take hikes along challenging trails and canoe down river rapids and do all types of adventurous things. And today, the sponsors of these wilderness adventures are in more than 30 countries, more than 30 countries, and it's helping people to grow in character through the power of a challenge that stretches them in ways they wouldn't normally stretch themselves. So Outward Bound has similar experiences, have taught us that accelerated growth can happen in these situations. And, and listen, for us, we'll be able to do that. We won't have to leave for several weeks. We won't have to spend several thousand dollars. But if we apply ourselves to this challenge, I believe we will experience accelerated growth as well. Now, point two, people grow better when we do it together. Go ahead and put that in your notes. Put that in the chat. People grow better when we do it together. Now, if you put a single person out in the wilderness, chances are, unless they're the, the, the winner or survivor, that they're not going to do well. They may flounder. They may die. But if you put a group of people out there and the power of community bonds them together, it will enable them to do things that they would have never attempted to do on their own. By our very nature, we grow better when we decide to tackle challenges together. So every Sunday during this series, I will issue a new challenge. All right? Every Sunday, we're going to have a new challenge. And it's going to be related to one of the five purposes of the church that we're going to be studying together. Your assignment, should you choose to accept it, is to step up to the challenge. So Monday through Saturday, we will all read 
from a short daily devotional. And it will come out of this book, the 30-Day Church Challenge Book. Each daily entry will give us a small, simple step that we need to take on that day. Which, by the end of the week, will help us to achieve the weekly challenge that I gave you in the sermon on that Sunday. So your experience won't necessarily be as rigorous as outward bound. But more importantly, by this time next month, you'll have discovered how our church can help you reach your God-given potential and strengthen your own relationship with God and how we can become a church that transforms our community and the world. We will become a church, a community of faith, powerful inspiration, and transformational, touching our community and the world with the power of the gospel. And so our objective is that at the end of this five-week, 30-day church challenge, that we will do just that. Amen? So are you ready to begin the challenge? If you're ready to begin the challenge, go ahead and put it in the comments. I am ready. Go ahead and put that in there. I am ready. And if you're really ready, go ahead and text challenge to 330-403-8088. Go ahead and do it. Make yourself accountable. Put yourself out there. Make your declaration known. I am ready for the challenge. So if you're ready, grab your Bibles. Uh, if you haven't already, if you're joining us, we are in Acts chapter 2. For those of us who have been with us since the beginning, you already know we're there. And we're going to read out of the New Living Translation, starting at verse 42. If you're there, Acts chapter 2. We're going to read starting at verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now, all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day, the Lord added to their number 
those who were being saved. Every one of our challenges will be related to one of the five purposes of the church, according to the passage that we just read. So I want you to take note of those five purposes. Are you ready? Number one, cultivate authentic community. Number two, experience worship as part of your daily lifestyle. Number three, take successive steps of spiritual growth. Number four, practice personal stewardship. And number five, reach out to the world around us. I'll repeat those things for those who are trying to take note. Cultivate authentic community. Experience worship as part of your daily lifestyle. Take successive steps of spiritual growth. Practice personal stewardship and reach out to the world around us. Now, don't worry. Those are the challenges that we're going to break down in the next five weeks. So the first one that we'll be cultivating is authentic community. Somebody say that with me. Authentic community. The Acts chapter, the Acts 2 church excelled at that. And they devoted themselves to the church and to each other. Last week, uh, for those of you who were with us, and if you were not able to join us, it is now available on our YouTube channel, we learned that one of the things that made the first church so um, incredible, which was born in Midtown Jerusalem, was that the, the church made time for relationships. The church made time for relationships. Acts chapter 2 verse 42 says, they devoted themselves to the fellowship. Verse 44 says, they held everything in common. And verse 46 says, they broke bread together in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They cultivated authentic community. And one of the things that you'll discover when you get connected with a really good church is that church isn't a building that you go to. And I'm not just saying that because we don't currently have a building to go to. But sincerely, we learned that during the pandemic, whether we had one or not, that that was not the church. It is the family that you belong to. And for every person, the center of family life is usually a small group. Now, the small group meets together regularly so that all of the people in this group can study spiritual truth together. And in a process of that, come to a place where they can be known and know, love and be loved, serve and be served, and celebrate and be celebrated. I'm going to give that back to you. Come to a place where they can know 
and be known. Love and be loved. Serve and be served. Celebrate and be celebrated. Now, I want you to know that we can experience that. And how do we experience that? Number one, you make time for it. Somebody say, number one, make time for it. Come on. You commit to an intentional group that you will meet with. In this case, on a weekly basis. You sign up for this group. Like I said, go ahead and text CHALLENGE to 330-403-8088. Go ahead and commit. Sign up for this. Text CHALLENGE. And you make it a priority to show up every week. You got to make it a priority. You got to schedule it in. You got to put it on your calendar. And day one of the 30-day church challenge book, you'll read about the relationship between David and Jonathan. Now, Jonathan obviously was the heir apparent to the throne of Israel, or so we thought. And David was the commanding general of Israel's army. So these weren't two guys who had nothing to do but hang out with one another. These were two extremely powerful, extremely busy men. But they knew the power of relationship. So even in the midst of all of their responsibilities, they made time for each other. And both of them were better men because of it. And because relationships don't just happen, you and I need to deliberately make time for them. We can't have a deep relationship with everybody, but we can develop and cultivate some authentic relationships with a few. All right? So our first week challenge in the 30-day church challenge is to commit to joining our small group. Now, we're having our small group on Facebook. We call it our e-group. Commit, if you have not already done so, to joining that small group. Now, if you haven't already followed us on Facebook, it may be harder to find that group. So make sure that you start off by connecting with us and liking the page on Facebook. It's um, facebook.com forward slash Excel Akron. Once you're connected to our Facebook page, I'm pretty sure it will automatically invite you to join our group. And if it doesn't, we'll have the ability, once you are a follower or a fan of the Facebook page, to invite you into the small group. Now, when we do this, remember the goal is for us to be able to experience the power of authentic community. So can you commit to making a time for joining and being a part of this small group and meeting once a week for the next five weeks? Is anybody able to do that? Go ahead and drop that little emoji with the hand in the comment if you can commit to making time for this small group and meet once a week for the next five weeks. 
Once you've made that commitment, the second step in authentic community is you contribute to it. Go ahead and put that there. You contribute to it. It's one thing to put in the request to join the group and sit there and never go in the group and never comment and never participate. It's one thing to show up. Anybody can do that. But a good group bonds and gels when the members of the group make a conscious effort to be contributors to the group. So I love this about our, our church. This is something that organically we've been doing uh, since its inception. It's, it's, it's natural. When we meet in person, we've done the potluck style where every person got a chance to contribute. And somebody would bring something that there was their famous meal. And then some of us would say, you don't want what we cook. That's okay, but I'm going to bring the ice and I'm going to bring the pop and I'm going to bring the cup. And that's okay too. We had some of us, we would have our fellowships for different groups, for the men, for the women, for the children. And I remember distinctly how each person would rise and use their gift and talent. So maybe one person is that greeter that makes everybody feel welcome. And somebody else is leading that icebreaker and giving everybody a chance to get to know each other. In our e-group, you have similar opportunities. Someone will be able to welcome people as they're joining the group. You'll be able to comment under their post and encourage them and let them know, I see you, I hear you, I love you. We'll be able to celebrate one another as we are experiencing things in life and, and even lift each other up as we're sharing life's disappointments. During the small group session, we will be able to learn to do life together. Speak the truth in love to one another and make each other's lives better as a result of it. That's powerful. And see, we have to be open to all of that when we are in community. In community doesn't just mean I have someone to be friends with. It means that we are accountable to one another. And so in love, we may have to nudge each other. We may have to push each other. We may have to chasten each other. But we do so and we learn to do life together. And our lives become better because of it. You know, that's the one thing about relationships that I think we have to really learn if we're going to be mature spiritually. Now, see, maybe when we were immature, when we were little kids, when we had relationships and the relationships will have a bump in the road, then that would be a relationship where you would put them in, I'm not friends with you anymore category. But as we're growing in community, we're going to have to challenge each other and say, okay, let me, let me share with you how when you respond this way and when you react in the group this way, how this makes the rest of us feel. So that that person has a chance to grow and that person has a chance to make an adjustment and say, oh, is that why people don't want to hang out with me? That, that's how I'm coming across. And they have a chance to make that adjustment. And so they'll be the better because of it. But because you were able to share that with them, you're able to build community and do life together. 
and then conversely when someone is doing something that is amazing and you say you know when you're using your gift in this way this really blesses me i pray that you will use your gift more i pray that you will be more of a motivator more of an encourager it was so inspirational when you shared your testimony about this you contribute to it number two all right so the third step in building great community is you take a genuine interest in the lives of others. You take a genuine interest in the lives of others. Now, this is usually fairly easy for us ladies, but not always for men. Men compartmentalize things. But men, we still need you. And we need you to be active and to participate and to lead in these groups and so i'm going to ask you to take a genuine interest in what's going on in the lives of other people in our group that we're not hear me clearly using the group as a platform to simply broadcast our thoughts our issues our ideas but that as an opportunity and a platform to genuinely connect with other people and their issues and their thoughts and their ideas. I'll give you an example. We had a, uh, for my daughter's school, there was a, um, a parent meetup. And in the parent meetup, we were all you know sharing and I began sharing about some of the challenges of having a freshman in college and the, the distance and some of the challenges that freshmen are going through. And before I knew it, the group was very devoted to brainstorming with me and sharing ideas with me and giving me advice. And I appreciated and took notes and did so greatly. But then a light bulb clicked. And I said, wait a minute, guys. We spent a lot of time talking about me and ideas and suggestions for me. And I want to learn about you. What's going on in your life? What are challenges that you're facing? How can I be a blessing to you? And it only took me a few minutes to realize that that was there wasn't balance there. And that as a community, we have to take interest in other people as well. We can't just show up in these spaces and suck life and just take and take and take and not give life and say, I want to I want to know about you. I want to give you some ideas. I want to share something with you that might help you. We want to both be a blessing to each other. And so we get into these groups and then we take a genuine interest in the lives of each other. Now that's something I can say for the most part, I have noticed has been a natural instinct of the members of Excel Church. Even so much so that I've observed over the years that when people come into this community, we take it so seriously and they're embraced so closely as family that even when they move on to other churches, those relationships continue because they're authentic. And that's not always the case. I remember um, when I was a part of a direct sales group, we had um, become very close because we were all selling the same product. And in the process of selling that product, 
we began to have activities together and do things together, and we had great relationships. But can I tell you something? When we stopped selling those products, do you know what happened? For the most part, maybe one or two exceptions, those relationships ended. We no longer had anything in common. We no longer had a reason to gather. We no longer had common um, goal in mind. And so those relationships did not continue. But let me tell you, when relationships are authentic, when relationships are genuine, even when the reason that you guys met changes or it does not exist, the relationship continues. And that is something I can say. I know I have a few witnesses. Don't I, Lovetta? Don't I, Amber? We got several examples of how these relationships are sincere. And I think that's what makes it so worth the investment is that you're investing in true, authentic relationship. Now, let's give you an example of what that would feel like. If you would turn your Bible with me in Psalm uh, chapter 133. Turn with me to Psalm uh, chapter 133. I think it's almost like really in the middle of your Bible. And it's one of the shortest chapters in the Bible. And it's written by King David, who experienced the power of authentic community in the company of his close friends. They were called David's mighty men. And if you found the passage, look at this with me and as we read Psalm 133. It says, How good! And pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. It's like fine oil on the head, running down on the beard, running down Aaron's beard onto his robe. It's like the dew of Hermon falling on the mountains of Zion. For the Lord, for there the Lord has appointed the blessing, life forevermore. That phrase in verse 1, when brothers live together in unity, is what we call community. In other words, we can in this instance use unity and community interchangeably. I believe King David is speaking here about living in a tight communal relationship and not just simply keeping the peace. And that's why I said that Psalm 133 is a psalm about the power of authentic community. Now, the opening verse is fairly self-explanatory, but I want to break down to you um, some of the other verses so that you can see the symbolism of what he's trying to communicate to us. First verse, when he's saying it's good and pleasant to be in community with a few other people. But the next line, when he starts talking about the oil and Aaron's beard, and then in the final verse, what's he saying about do and Hermon? Let's talk about that real quick. Now, in David's day, there were two great offices in the nation of Israel. One, of course, was the office of the king. Um, and David held that office. But the other was the office of the high priest, the high priest of the nation. Now, that position was hereditary. And it was passed down from father to son 
and the lineage of the first high priest, who was Aaron, the brother of Moses, you will remember. Now, the office of the high priest was an office that you held for life. So most people only got to see the anointing of one high priest in their lifetime. And when that happened, it was a tremendous occasion. It was a tremendous ceremony. And because that person being anointed was the person who was going to represent the people of God on a daily basis. The high priest was going to make it possible for their sins to be forgiven through their annual sacrifice on the Day of Atonement. And so when a high priest was to be anointed, the whole nation would gather in Jerusalem. And after some prayers and a special mixture of oil and spices, a mixture only used for the anointing of the high priest, it was poured lavishly over the head of the new high priest. So much oil was poured that it dripped down both sides of the beard, both sides of the head. Do you see what David's saying now? He who has experienced the power of authentic community in the company of close friends, he searched for a way to describe it, how good and how pleasant it was. And he shared this once-in-a-lifetime nationwide event and said, it's like that. Authentic community with a few close friends gives off the same level of joy as the celebration of the anointing of the high priest. Now, doesn't that put that in a whole new context to understand the background of the example that David gave us there? And just so you didn't miss it, David gives you one more example, and he gives you the analogy in verse 3 where he says it's like the dew of Hermon falling off of Mount Zion. Now, in the interest of time, I'll, I'll keep it real brief for you, but the land of Israel was a very dry climate, is a very dry climate, and it only has one short rainy season, and then after that, all the plants and all the animals have to survive on the moisture that comes from one natural source, and that's Mount Hermon. And it sits at the northern end of Israel and is the highest mountain in the country. Its summit reaches high enough that when the wind blows eastward off the Mediterranean, it catches the moisture of the sea. This moisture then flows down Mount Hermon and waters all the surrounding area, even as far as Jerusalem, which sits on Mount Zion. Without the dew of Hermon, most plant life would die in Israel. David is saying, you know the effects of Mount Hermon and what it has on everything around it? That's the effect that authentic community has. Wow. Not only on those experiencing it, but even on those within relational distance of 
the community. If you've ever been around someone who is truly happy, who's truly content, his or her disposition tends to rub off on you and vice versa. That's why we have to be careful of who we allow to be in our company or in intimate fellowship with us. People in great communal relationships tend to be happier and more content than those who are doing life on their own. So there is this contagious and cascading effect to the community. Say this after me. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. Community is like an anointing event for a nation and an environmental lifeboat for an ecosystem. I want you to see that David is saying, that's how important authentic relationship is. Do you understand the psalm a little bit better now? Amen? So if real community is this precious, we all have to make the effort to experience it. Somebody say, I want to experience that. I want to experience what David described. And I know we're all busy. We all have our kids and our families and our spouses and our careers and that's a good thing those are blessings from the Lord and so is authentic fellowship amen amen so do you want to enjoy the joy and unity that community brings somebody go ahead and tell me yes do you want the spirit of celebration that doing life together with others brings. Anybody? Go ahead and say yes. Do you want to bring life and refreshment to your family, to your friends, and to your acquaintances? Somebody say yes. So are you also willing to invest some time in order to do that? Still got you saying yes? Go ahead, say yes. Say yes, I'm up for that. I'm willing to invest in that. I accept the challenge. So as I said earlier, your first weekly challenge, should you choose to accept it, is to join, attend, and contribute to the small e-group that we have on Facebook. And you're going to get the most out of this 30-day challenge if you do three things. Number one, attend the Sunday service. And if for some reason the Sunday service is happening at a time where you're working or you're unable to attend, go back and watch the replay. Get the on the same page with the spiritual impartation that God has given us for the week about what it is that we're going to be spending time with him daily. Number two, read the daily material in the 30-day church challenge book. And some of you are saying, I don't have the book. I need just two or three people who will just say in the comments, 
that they want to volunteer to make sure that everyone who's a part of the challenge receives a book that they desire on. I need some volunteers. I just need two or three people who are willing to pick up a book and drop it off. Not just one for themselves, but one for someone else. Because remember, we're part of community now. We're For the next five weeks, it's not just me, me, me. For the next five weeks, we are trying to come together as a body and serve one another. So I need two or three people to just put in the comments, Pastor, I'll volunteer. I'll make sure that somebody gets a book. I'm not doing everybody, but I'll, I'll do a couple people. <laughs> Amen. And then number three, be part of the small group where you can do life together with others and learn truth together. So if you're up for this challenge and you haven't already done so, make sure you say in the comments, I'm up for it. But go the next step and text challenge to 330-403. 8088. And I will see you in our Facebook group.